Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. So Phoebe, how are you doing? I am good, I'm on the mend. I've been sick for the past few days. Bit of time off work. But you look good though, time off Thank work you. suits you. Oh, I was. I think I was meant to be a lady of leisure, but unfortunately... My husband has already put in the application slip to be the Lord of Leisure. So. <laughs> and you can only have one. You can actually. only have you one. <laughs> both of you. Yeah, it's rare when the couple is a couple of leisure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you have so to he got one. there first. No, it was nice. But I think that always what happens is, it's like this guilt of taking time for yourself. Not taking time for yourself. Like, I was sick. Actually, but what is that? It's so, like capitalism is so intense because... You do feel that, like you feel that guilt when you're not well and you can't go into the office. It's a lot of the time because you know that, like for example, I knew that I was gonna come back to a lot of work today. So then today has been hypermanic because you're thinking, oh my God, there's been people that I haven't gotten back to. But you're right, it is It is the grip of capitalism and actually great. the world didn't end because you weren't in the office, did it? No one cared. No. <laughs> I actually don't think a lot of people noticed. No, you know no one notices and nobody cares. But you do have you do have that feeling. Like, I have that. I'm, I'm, I'll be in bed and I'm like really sick, and then I'm like debating: should I still go in? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then I like push myself. Okay, I've got to send this email that I'm not going to be able to get into work today. And like you, you do have that debate with yourself even when you're ill. Should I just still go in? Yeah, of course, because you get this idea that people are going to think you're flaky. Even though if I see someone in the office and they're sick in the same way if I see someone on the tube and they're sick, I just think, you vile thing. Yeah, go, go home. home. Yeah. Stop sniffing and sneezing and coughing all over everybody else. Yeah, and I've had it a couple of times this year when I've been ill and I've gone in and then people are like, go home. Like, yeah, get out of here. Because not even a, I mean, let's be honest, it's not even in a, oh, we care about you way. It's a, please don't get me sick. I've exactly. got things going on. Absolutely. My December is really busy. <laughs> it's a very, very busy time. Like, I don't have time to get sick. No, neither do I. So don't make me sick. No, no, no. I truly do think I'm actually over the worst of it now. But it was just one of those things. The fatigue sets in. I was like, sleeping. You know the sleep that you have when you're sick? It is so deep and heavy <laughs> i was having all of these crazy dreams because i was on sudafed and i woke up to charles i dreamt about all of these black cats and <laughs> i was then like i was googling it in the morning i was like i've been dreaming about black cats in our house and i was going to charles <laughs> google's telling me it's my waning psychic abilities i need to be more intuitive with my psychic intuition and charles was like do you think that it could have been the sudafed and probably I was like, um yeah, actually, yeah, that seems quite likely. That's very, very intense, though. Black cats, I would be a bit concerned. No, apparently it's good luck. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently people think it's bad luck, but it is actually good luck. I don't know what the waning psychic abilities means, because obviously I am desperate to believe that I've got some kind of psychic ability. So I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, that that really makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> Gonna take some more Sudafed tonight and see how I get on. <laughs> so you're basically enjoying yourself. You're ill, but like you're having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, once you get over the the snotty, sweaty part, you're golden. I've been, uh, it gave me a great opportunity to binge The Crown. I really don't want to discuss The Crown because I okay. haven't watched it yet. I, won't I watched say anything. the trailer yesterday oh and i just loved it i loved it so much so good. so much i was like oh my god but i'm waiting no of course probably probably like this weekend i'll have a chance to watch a couple of episodes it's really hard to not just i, I can't mean, wait i can't wait it's my favorite 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 favorite, favorite 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 the thing Netflix. is as well you fall down a rabbit hole and then you're like oh my god did that really happen like duh, 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 duh. and obviously None of it is a spoiler because it literally happened to yeah. the, do you know, so I'm going, oh my God, the investiture of, of Prince Charles. <laughs> like, and obviously it's all there. It's all there to be read in the same way that in season two, when they're talking about. But still, it still uncovers so much that you don't know. I knew nothing about the uncle, David, and his involvement with the Nazis. Oh, from season two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't I'm, know about that, but that's not a surprise. I mean, 
all of it. And then I was down this rabbit hole, Wallace Simpson, her involvement, the affairs that she was having. I was going, oh my God. <laughs> no, I didn't actually know about that in detail. But yeah, I guess we don't want to give too much away. The Crown is amazing. So worth watching. It's absolutely worth watching. Not sure I want to explore that right now. No, no, no. Of <laughs> but again, just to say, casting, again. Oh, epic. Incredible. Olivia Coleman, who is obviously our absolute crush she's amazing um, she really really is amazing you know when someone's um, a good actress or actor when you don't like them when they can be playing something you just think god i can't fucking stand you and it's yeah like, oh it's because you you're playing that so well yeah no she really does it very well i really have no words like she's definitely an icon mm-hmm. um i agree i feel like she's our generation's dame judy dench Mm, yes i agree. like she's getting to that level like just icon i remember reading a thing you know when she won the oscar for the favorite last year and she was in that with emma stone who's yeah. obviously won an oscar for la la land after olivia coleman won emma stone couldn't stop crying and mm. was heard saying to her publicist that could not have happened to a nicer or more deserving woman yeah you just think you know what like she is so that's she's, so nice to know that other people are feeling that way oh yeah but, but you're right but when you when she her her speech her acceptance speech was amazing she's just so genuine and also it's just nice to have somebody successful in hollywood that looks like a regular person yes yeah so for me that's also a part of her appeal mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure yeah it must be so strange though because i feel like the insecurity that I feel about things like getting older or being out without makeup and everything like that, it must take a serious strength of character. And I know that that sounds like it, people might be listening thinking that's such a frivolous thing to say. But if you if you have that strength of character to be like, no, this is what I look like. I'm not going to change it. I mean, that's incredible, especially in the world of Hollywood. She doesn't look that bad that she has to change. No, but you know what I mean? She doesn't have veneers. She's not had Botox. Like most people in hollywood do not even have normal teeth yeah that's true and it's so strange because how do you know it, she doesn't have any veneers or any botox well i'm basing that off season three of the crown but she definitely <laughs> doesn't she definitely doesn't have veneers i'm pretty sure or if she does like i don't know why you'd have bothered. I don't know. i mean she looks very natural emma thompson is also quite natural yes looking mm-hmm. i don't know if she's had any work done but she's another icon um, yes british actress i think is amazing meryl streep looks quite natural meryl streep does look quite natural so there is there 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 is a there is a group of like very serious actresses who look quite natural yes i suppose you've got to also authentically kind of age into those parts as well because you're never going to get the ingenue parts anymore but after you play the queen it's like twice yeah but it's it's like Thank God that we have the Queen for them to 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 play yeah. because there, there's not there aren't many women there aren't many women of that age whose stories are being told. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, it's true. You do have this uh, new thing that Dame Helen Mirren is in. Oh yes, this story I... that she's telling. But is that Charlotte also great? Yeah, that's also a Queen, isn't it? Yeah, and she's not young, so yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is good. So it's all just got to be. We can't abolish the monarchy because where would all well, of our great actresses go? Well, I don't know. That's another story <laughs> for another day. It's another story for another day in terms of um, abolishing the monarchy. But if they carry on at this rate, oh my it, you know, it's just, it's not going to, it's not sustainable. Um, Who would have thought after the way the media has carried on for the past two years that it would be Andrew and not Megan who completely pulled the rug out from underneath them oh well <laughs> i mean i wouldn't say that he pulled the rug oh no out. it's still i mean queenie is still i'm not i mean him. i'm not that surprised by that to be honest you're not surprised by the queen standing by him oh by the queen standing by him that's his mum. yeah but still <laughs> i'm not on. surprised by that the queen was publicly going to stand by her children Yes. I mean, the thing is, you and I are both so young that this is probably the biggest royal scandal that's ever occurred while we've been kind of aware enough to acknowledge it. Do you know what I mean? Charles and Diana divorcing was a scandal. Sarah Ferguson and Andrew divorcing was a scandal because she was getting her her sews tucked, Mm. her toes sucked and all of that kind of carry on. Like, 
this is happening very much so in the public sphere and also the media terrain has changed so massively but what's the scandal though that he was sleeping with underage girls and is that the scandal Mm, okay i think that there's a myriad of things here so to go back to the beginning for those of you who have not been following this firstly i don't know how because it is so interesting (laughs) like it is fascinating this all hinges around jeffrey epstein epstein or epstein 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 who is or was for all intents and purposes a procurer of underage women a sex trafficker a sex trafficker and a pedophile and a pedophile um and a billionaire actually we have to give you the context and a billionaire and a billionaire but a billionaire with the shadiest fucking excuse my language the shadiest backstory i don't know again how much other people have been following this i'm just going to pretend as though you know nothing basically his money came from the president of victoria's secret yeah he started just managing this man's estate even though he had no real qualifications to indicate that he was qualified privilege so well privilege or something more suspect what what did he have on this man that encouraged this man to sign over his billion dollar estate to epstein at what point did epstein become a child trafficker essentially do you know i mean i'm gonna try really hard throughout this episode to not have my tinfoil hat on but what do you mean as in i can definitely get to conspiracy theorist about it's not this, a conspiracy but... theory it's one plus one equals two he was a sex trafficker he ended up earning a lot of money it's all a bit dubious we don't really know how he made that money um so a lot of people are you know kind of speculating like Mm -hmm. maybe you know he these people were paying him off he was blackmailing them um he has a lot of of dirt on these powerful men and it's all a bit shady because jeffrey epstein was a convicted pedophile and they were going after him again in new york he was in jail and then like he killed himself apparently and people are saying did he really kill himself yes guys he definitely didn't kill himself i mean we don't know we don't know we do not know but here's what you do need to know everybody knew that jeffrey epstein was up to no good everyone knew he was a pedophile everybody knew he was a pedophile everybody knew he was a sex trafficker and also but because he was was so connected to Mm -hmm. powerful people i think it's very very important to give that context because if this was joe schmo down the road right joe schmo down the road is getting away with it it's going going to be convicted oh sorry i beg your pardon the exact opposite (laughs) (laughs) joe schmo is is probably going to get convicted of you know and then eventually epstein was but even when he was convicted the first time he was still he got away with it no but he was let out of jail for most of the day to run his business and then would have to go and check in in the evening so he had like like a vip prison it was it was martha stewart prison yeah on crack it was he was staying in a hotel basically absolutely and the reason why i asked what is the scandal is because jeffrey epstein was it was well documented Mm -hmm. like who he was and what his lifestyle was even after he was convicted prince andrew was still going to hang out with him so what is the scandal is a scandal that prince andrew was close friends with this pedophile or is the scandal that he did this really awful interview or is the scandal that he was a client of Jeffrey Epstein's? You're yeah. right. You know, pick your. I guess you've got to pick the the part that you're going to that you're going to focus in no, on. No, I'm interested it, in what people are focusing on. Like, what is yeah. it that's bothering people? Well, I guess there are so many things to dismantle with regards to the interview. But I guess before we jump into that fully and to get to where we are now, also worth knowing. While all of this has been going on, for if it's 2019 now, so since 2003, Jeffrey Epstein had a private plane, which was nicknamed the Lolita Express. Now, do not get on a plane mm. called the Lolita Express without wondering, I wonder why it's called that. No, but, uh, but that's why... It's, it's the arrogance. Nobody was wondering what it was called. No, Everybody but do you know knew. what I mean? This is what I mean, though. You cannot tell me... Oh my god! I had no idea. He was just a conv- he yeah. was a friend of convenience. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, really, really. Yeah, really. And I just, I mean, the interview was a car crash. Um, I think for me, before we get into the interview, I'm interested in what is it that people are very upset about because Prince Charles mm-hmm. was one of his religious advisors, a priest that he had mm-hmm. quite a good relationship with and was a personal like personal religious advisor to prince charles Mm -hmm. was also a pedophile 
I did not know that. Yeah. And wow. it came out in an investigation. This guy's a paedophile. He's abusing young boys. And his relationship with Prince Charles, people were saying that it made it very difficult to challenge him. How crazy. Right? So they're all hanging out with paedophiles. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> So what is, is it thing. that people but are upset about? I tell you what. I mean, from beginning to end, it was the it's the arrogance of of Prince Andrew, yeah. a man who is. And again, this has been well documented. There's a great article which we'll link in the show notes called "The Trouble with Prince Andrew." So people are upset about the arrogance, right? People are not upset. Yeah, people that, are not upset about he, the women. They're not upset about the women or the girls or the I girls, say. right? So they're not upset that you know that he was. I mean, we don't have the evidence for sure, but this this lady Virginia said that when Roberts. she was 17 years old you know she had sex with prince, prince andrew she was made to have sex with him three times who <gasps> just awful just this is very very awful and that's why for me it's really important to understand where the backlash is coming from mm -hmm. because i don't feel that it's about the women what do you think it's about well, I think, yeah, people, because he just basically got on TV and he was quite arrogant. He didn't show any empathy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what people are annoyed about. Because if people were upset about... The actual grooming of these children. Yeah, if people were upset about the sex, traffic, sex trafficking and, and the paedophilia ring, right, surely there would be a criminal investigation. Well, there is a criminal investigation ongoing. Apparently, the French authorities are very keen to is subpoena the right word mm. um prince andrew which is why he's not leaving the country but why did this guy has got so many issues like prince andrew has got so many issues because i don't even understand why he did that interview in the first place i think it was probably to throw people well i think not to throw people off the scent obviously but to to have the defense of well i've answered questions about this but already. nobody was really talking about it i know isn't that so satisfying again no, but it just... was nobody was really it wasn't really no, being spoken I mean, about in the way right? that it is now jeffrey epstein had died and people were putting this under the carpet mm -hmm. right yes. then this guy comes along and it's like i'm going to do this interview so can i just read you out this this quote from charlie proctor who writes for the royal central website which is basically a news site specifically for royal news so you can imagine quite royalist so charlie proctor says i was i expected a train wreck that was a plane crashing into an oil tanker causing a tsunami triggering a nuclear explosion level bad so i'm thinking if someone who's a, a diehard royalist is feeling that way you have not conducted yourself and you know what else i think i think that's why megan and harry are not going to sandringham for christmas no i think they're not <laughs> going because they're not interested i think they just want to live their life I i'm think sure they, that they, they do, wouldn't be going regardless well i bet after that, it's their first year with their baby so they just want to chill i bet that megan has the wherewithal to be like you know what media training 101 we're not gonna be in a picture with this pedophile <laughs> we are not walking to church with this man we're gonna stay right here in frogmore and harry was like oh shit good you idea know what? you are right <laughs> yeah. no but those they're smart i think at this point they're basically keeping the royal family's image oh like they're God, the only yes. ones right now um, absolutely but i'm i'm very interested in this prince andrew thing because i think for me, it's not just about, oh, Prince Andrew, like Je Jeffrey Epstein. I think that it's such a great example of the 1%, mm -hmm. you know? And if we think about the royal family, it's all about a, a hierarchy, right? And then you're, it's a, it's a right of your birth, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have this hierarchy. And the UK is a very classist hierarchical society. And we all have to live by rules, but the 1% don't. Like they just do, yeah. it doesn't apply to the 1%. And I think that Prince Andrew's behavior, it's like he needs to get into 2019 because mm -hmm. that interview was like something out of the 1980s. It was like, you want to have an interview? Like clearly, because you don't nobody- You know how interviews no, work. Because nobody was hounding him for an interview. So you and your people decided, okay, it's a good idea to do this, this interview. But you could see that this is somebody who's never had to explain themselves. Yes, absolutely. I think you're right. Never had to explain himself ever. <laughs> I was the bit so was... overwhelmed yeah. by it. The bit where he, I can't remember what comment, what categorization he made, you know, it was something like, he was just not a very nice man. And Emily Maitlis goes, 
he was he was a convicted sex offender and yeah. he was oh yes no no i was i was trying to be polite like <laughs> buddy you better no, but talking about talking about i'm so, sorry like holding myself back on getting too graphic here but he there was a significant chunk of this interview where he talks about how he couldn't have had sex with virginia roberts because sex is a positive thing which a man has to initiate so you can't have sex with someone and just have forgotten about it and i've racked my brains what an you are literally the queen's son that was awful on the bbc talking about how sex is fun no i think he was saying sex is a it's positive like, for a in, man to have sex with a woman yes yeah, yeah and if and if he had he would remember and it's like mate you have such an elementary level of like your level of thinking is just like primary school also i do think i know you've mentioned the one percent here and i do think that you're correct in that in terms of culpability and accepting responsibility for behavior but i do think that it also speaks to a societal attitude about the kind of ambivalence towards women and their bodies oh yeah definitely and, and young women as well the way that women are sexualized from day dot there will be people who listened to or watched that interview with prince andrew and who thought she was 17 she wasn't a child do you know what i mean who will yeah. completely lack the perspective of being like it's not about this one person who was being groomed who has told you that she was trafficked who's told you that she was forced to have sex you are going to make this a very you're gonna make this yeah but it's about the power dynamic as well absolutely so if you have a 17 year old and a 17 year old this is very different Mm. you know to a 17 year old and like a 40 year old member of the royal family absolutely right absolutely or 50 year old i don't even know how old he was at the time but he wasn't 17 for sure yeah that's true well if charles is 70 i suppose we could probably age it back he must have been at least in his 40s yeah also, what just revolting man! So mad, isn't it? That um, again, not to, not to bag on the aspect that they can't control, which is their physical appearance. Mm. But how mad that Andrew was considered the hot prince for a lot of his life. I mean, well, I, to, to my be honest, God, if, I don't care about looks, like at this point, <laughs> because this is a, such a, is this is for me being a paedophile is like the worst thing you could be on the planet no being a sex trafficker it's the worst thing this is and people are being quite light-hearted about it and and i and i'm just trying to understand why and i think a part of it is yeah people don't care about women Mm -hmm. that's a part of it and then maybe it's a celebrity well there'll um, certainly be an aspect of the attractiveness of the royal family you know you you'd be happy for any affiliation oof. you know and the power dynamic is a really interesting one that you bring up because i don't think that that's something that's being considered in this whole thing that there's always this attitude when it comes to grooming when it comes to sexual assault when it comes to anything like that of this oh you just say no <laughs> you know which is oof. which is ludicrous which is and it's it's naive and as you said this was an open secret <laughs> yeah this was an open secret this was an open open secret and when you think about when his black book was found so i'm just going to read another excerpt here but um, black book epstein's epstein yeah more than a thousand names ranging from close friends to peripheral contacts sorry contacts from the world of politics business the media and european high society Prince Andrew, obviously, members of the Trump family, names of well-known performers, including Rafe Fiennes, Alec Baldwin, David Blaine, Jimmy Buffett and Courtney Love. Naomi Campbell's another one. Mm. You know, all of this going on is kind of... There's actually a picture of one of these girls at a party or at an event when she's quite young. Heidi Klum. I think it's Heidi Klum. Is it she's wearing a black wig? No, oh, Naomi no, Campbell was in the picture. Oh, well, but you know it what? It was an Epstein event or something. Because some, Heidi, uh, Heidi Klum was also in a picture with him. But, um, or no, possibly Epstein that was who? Prince Andrew, actually. Yeah. I beg your pardon. But Naomi Campbell did make a, a really interesting comment that she said, I've been pictured with thousands of people throughout my career. Yeah. You know, don't try and make this stick to me. 
when you're not trying to make it stick to anybody else because oh, I see absolutely. what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Which, like, I, I agree with that. Naomi is the queen, but I think it really highlights your statement about this being an open secret. It's yes. like everyone knows, but, you know, it's that guy's a bit weird over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting because... Um, I'm watching this TV show called Succession. Have you heard about this? I have seen some trailers for it. Oh, I haven't started so it yet. Epic. Is it really worth watching? So epic. Amazing. <laughs> so what's it about? Basically, Succession is about, um, you know, set in the US, HBO show. And it's about like a media mogul family. Mm-hmm. So they have like the third biggest media conglomerate in the world. Right. And it's a family business. And dad's getting old and it's like who's going to take over the family business but what's interesting in succession if we link it back to this whole like prince andrew issue and the reason why i think it's definitely about a disregard for women and also class plays such a big role in this Mm -hmm. so they have like a family scandal where they have like a cruising company and like one of the senior guys is like sexually harassing and exploiting the the women that are working on the ship Um, and then one of the women goes overboard and there's like no attempt to save her right (gasps) and what they do is they call these incidents they'll say no real person involved oh so they're like that's not a real person like wow that's so these young women when you think about like the sex trafficking yes um no real person involved not a real person and i feel that's how the public is reacting well, it's difficult, it. not difficult, but what Jeffrey Epstein basically had going on was almost, what is it, um, MLM? So it was like a pyramid scheme of trafficking. So he began by grooming these, you know, young girls in his more immediate community who were maybe having a rough time at home or were from the quote unquote wrong side of the tracks but then he would financially encourage them to bring friends Mm. who would then be financially encouraged to bring bring friends Mm. and it became this whole thing where if you also know someone who might be interested in coming down not only will they make a bit of money but you'll make a bit of money because you'll have brought them down you're talking about children here yeah but you you don't know when you're young you don't know and even now it can happen to anyone if you look at the whole R. Kelly situation, a lot of the girls he brought oh in God. were young, like mm-hmm. very young, like late teens and early 20s. But there was a, a woman who was like in her late 30s, or I think even like maybe she'd hit her 40s, that was groomed and yeah. then like dropped her whole life and then moved into his sex house. And so Wild. it can happen at any stage. But you yeah. are especially vulnerable when you're young. Well, people always think that that wouldn't happen to me because, I mean, please God, it won't happen to you. But people can very easily be groomed. Like on a broader scale, leaving Neverland was very traumatic. Did you watch that? Because I didn't watch that. Oh my God, I watched that. It was not easy watching. You really needed to put aside some time. Still Processing, a really amazing podcast run by two writers from the New York Times did an amazing breakdown of that and what it meant culturally what it meant on a societal level it's worth yeah it's very difficult to you know and and I mean I don't know if you watched Dave Chappelle's latest comedy oh special. my gosh I actually know exactly what you're talking about but that he makes was a joke about it right deep. and then he, I, I I watch it and I think it's hilarious sue me um <laughs> Sue me, sue me, right? He's a legend and it it is a joke, although a bad one. But he was like joking about these guys and basically being like, you know, yeah, you go back to school school the next day and, you know, it's like I was with Michael Jackson, but he said it in a way more crass way. But it just shows you the power of like status and celebrity. Yes, absolutely. And people want to believe that you've got their best intentions Mm -hmm. at heart for some reason. Yeah. Right. And then a lot of people use that leverage in horrible ways. Yes. And I think that we are you're so right in terms of seeing celebrity as this incredible currency that actually doesn't get you anywhere. You know that there would have been an attitude of this woman, what, being grateful for having slept with or being forced into having sex with Prince Andrew why because he's a prince but this isn't about prince andrew it's about no it's about so much more than just prince andrew like i don't think when you're 
15, 16, 17, it's a strategic play. Yeah, I think no, you, no, you no, just no. fall into it. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So like, yeah, you're vulnerable in some kind of way. This guy's giving you attention. Mm-hmm. You're on the private jet going here, there and everywhere. Probably at first, people are just being quite nice. I mean, I've listened to The Daily, so the New York Times oh, podcast. Gosh, have, such a great podcast. Have followed this quite closely and have interviewed some of the young women that were abused by uh, Jeffrey Epstein and his madam. You know the madam? Yes, Ghislaine. Yeah, Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Yeah, I don't know her surname. Um, anyway. Maxwell. Maxwell, right. So, and that's interesting because it's about how it's not just a man's game, right? There are women mm-hmm. that are complicit. That's going out and getting girls. R. Kelly has the same setup, you know, where people go and get girls, people mm-hmm. that work for the person go and get girls. Sometimes it's women, sometimes it's men, right? So it is a whole network. You can't get away with this type of behavior just being one person. Mm-hmm. Certainly on a broad, like on the scale that we're talking about here, you certainly can't. Yeah. You know, and that's why, the, you know, I really hope that because now that Jeffrey Epstein is dead, it seems that. It's case closed, but it's like I really hope that you can still sue the estate. So I believe that it's Virginia cracked Roberts, wide open. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. I think what is also interesting about it is that it's this kind of this fetishization, this obsession with young people. I don't even want to just say like young women because I don't know what the far reach of this is, or young girls. It is this kind of obsession with virginity or kind of purity untouched kind of naivety that is so prevalent is so prevalent Mm. kind of you know when you see the the media that we're we're fed again tinfoil hat watch out but I I do mean that in a way that there is an obsession with being perceived as younger than you actually are there's an obsession with this kind of coquettish ingenue kind of perception of a person of a woman in particular and you know where we can see that re-echoed in only the past few weeks ti virginity testing his daughter i mean in what universe can you imagine that a man would volunteer that information that he's taking his 18 year old daughter to the gynecologist and he has been doing so for the past two years to make sure that her hymen is intact ti is such a weirdo such a weirdo and i think we have to like get to the root because we're hearing i mean it's every day there's a story violence against women and violence mm-hmm. against women is a very real thing virginity testing is violence like yes this is this no, is so violence true. and so i'm just trying to and that ti story went viral mm-hmm. right and what is it that people why why did it go viral not that you know not that you're the viral oracle (laughs) but like why like because people don't care about women they don't care about young Mm -hmm. girls they don't care about young people so what is it is it this obsession with like youth and virginity that you're talking about i do think it is i do think that made it go viral it's it's this and it's also i think that that is something that people might be preoccupied you might be preoccupied with that for yourself in terms of thinking oh how many people have I slept with or you know what is my quote unquote again number you know there was a big fixation on that as I was growing up I remember but I do think that there is something so intimate about a parental figure a father involving himself in that aspect of your anatomy vile absolutely I just find it very sick and you are so right in that this happens all the time it happens everywhere you know you constantly hear stories about women being sent to special sheds that they have to stay in when they've got their period and things like that you know there is a complete mystification about women and their bodies and what is natural and what is deemed unnatural or illegitimate and it's really hard because actually where the the first step in that lies is just talking about it and i'm not saying that talking about it means that oh that means that fathers will be scared to virginity test their daughters or you know that grooming and sex trafficking and pedophilia won't happen because we both know the unfortunate fact is that they will but also the sexual intimate violence that people grow up thinking is normal 
will not be demystified or dragged out into the open until we start saying guess what ti you're not supposed to do that to your child yeah yeah i mean hopefully it does like it does change some attitudes i mean it was so so far removed from i would never even think about that as a parent like well i'm not Mm. a parent but i just can't imagine that being a priority as a parent like there's so much more going on in the world yes absolutely um and it's just creepy i don't know what else to say (laughs) no but it is so true and also i think that this is where things like when we're talking about sex education it was something I saw shared on Facebook the other day and it was about it's not about uh, homosexuality or heterosexuality just keep sexuality out of our schools full stop and it's like what? who said that? On, uh, oh, don't want to get into it but it's someone who knows someone I know had basically shared this thing on Facebook oh, okay. and what you're talking about is sex education so you don't want people to be sex educated and educated that sex is so much and i say this as again we discussed it in our last episode i was raised up in an inherently irish catholic environment where our sex education wasn't driven by pleasure or actual kind of oh these are the contraceptives that you can use it was just a this is what female anatomy or reproductive system looks like (laughs) teach women that pleasure can be derived from sex teach men that pleasure can be derived from sex yeah but that's more of a complex discussion because i'm not sure that that that's a school discussion perhaps not but then if you're in a situation where your home life is teaching you that virginity testing is important that knowledge that sex isn't a punishment or that virginity isn't something that has to be held on a pedestal it needs to come from somewhere yeah but it comes from a shift in the culture Mm. like the culture that we live in has to evolve in some kind of way because i don't i don't think that the school is meant to now start teaching you the pleasures of sex (laughs) (laughs) i think that school is meant to teach you i would like to see in school consent like mm-hmm. discussions about consent how did this make you feel how did that make you feel i think a lot of women sometimes feel like they have to say yes or have to go along with things that they yeah, don't that's true. want to go along with so i would love to see workshops or lessons or discussions you know happening in school where both people can feel empowered yes so i think you can take things happening in pop culture so you can take this prince andrew discussion because i think it's something that everyone can discuss i think you can mm-hmm. discuss it from 13 onwards yeah how would you feel How would that make you feel? What do you think, Mm -hmm. right? So I would love to see something like that because I think young people should be given a safe space to like express themselves. Yes. Right? But I definitely, I don't know who that was on Facebook, but I might agree with them because I just, (laughs) I I don't think, I don't think that it it should be anatomy based, but I I definitely don't think it should be pleasure based (laughs) in school. I do think that there is a danger in just teaching and this is what seems to be inferred in this kind of virginity testing, making sure the hymen is intact, which is just, again, it doesn't matter how many times I say it, it just is so vile to say out loud. It gives the idea that sex has to have an ulterior motive. Do you know what I mean? That sex has to be for procreation or sex has to be for your partner's enjoyment. Sex is not, it does not need to have a secondary aim behind it and the problem is that i've i've heard people discussing this particular thing in terms of virginity testing in particular and they've kind of made flippant comment like well i hope she's having loads of sex actually and the reality of it is that if that is the kind of system or environment that she's grown up with she won't necessarily find her next relationship isn't necessarily going to be a positive one because she's not been raised in an environment where that relationship has been cultivated in a positive way. Do oh you, yeah, for sure. Do you I, know what I mean? It's kind of subservient almost. Yeah, I think it's. I think what's very unfortunate or about the TI situation with his 18-year-old daughter is that you know they go into the doctor's office or go to the OBGYN. She's got to sign over her rights to allow the doctor to give him her test results so it's a very like controlling it's like incredibly controlling Mm -hmm. and so if that's you know we all are impacted by how we've grown up so if that's your relationship with your dad or your parents because her mum is like 
complicit in this whole thing so sorry then you end up mirroring those dynamics when you grow up supposedly ti's wife tiny is her stepmom not her mom yeah but so, where's her mom i know no, no no that's what i was going to say i there's been seemingly no comment from her mum whatsoever so i don't really know yeah where. but then that's where like money and power come into play because like mm-hmm. ti is famous she's got a lot of money if the mother is not tiny i didn't know that but if the mother's not tiny then she must be some like i don't know i i doubt that she's in as good a financial situation yeah, as ti absolutely. so she probably has less say mm-hmm. no right for sure. over what's and also going on. when we talk about these power dynamics and financial security and who is the other hand his daughter deja is probably also not in a position to be like no i don't want to do that yeah you know there's so many levels of coercion here yeah and this isn't to say that the situation with prince andrew and epstein and virginia roberts are the same as ti and his daughter but there are common threads there and i would say that most women if not most people will be able to recognize that happened to me or i know someone that happened to absolutely and yeah i mean they're not the same but it's just that common link you know of like women not having control over their own bodies you know which is can be very very scary mm-hmm. especially in that extreme context of like sex trafficking which is like a big thing mm-hmm. like it's very common i think it's people don't realize how common like yeah. sex trafficking is so yeah like watch out <laughs> <laughs> watch out no i was on instagram and it's like people are being sex trafficked yeah no i know you just meet someone you hang out with them you think it's like oh they're bringing in people from faraway places it's like no they're not like you could you Mm -hmm. just take someone from a vulnerable situation groom them a little bit be nice to them give them some attention and then boom absolutely yeah so it's really unfortunate it's deeper than you think it would be it's also one of those things where Again, as we said earlier in the episode, you might think you're impervious to it, but the reality of the situation is that you probably aren't. Also, when you talk about women being complicit, can we talk about Sarah Ferguson doing a big tweet about how... No, but she's awful. She's trash, unfortunately. (sighs) Awful. She's so awful and she's got zero credibility but a big tweet about they should what both a great get back is. together no but they should get back together i don't Honestly. get why they're not together because they seem like a couple that are apparently, still hanging out okay well this is it apparently the reason that they're not together is because when she was caught having her toes sucked that's not actually a euphemism for anyone who doesn't know this story but basically no she her toes were sucked okay her toes on, were yeah. sucked no but she was auctioning off it. access Just Google it. Yeah, she was auctioning off access to prince andrew <laughs> yes. to the highest bidder <laughs> one of those bidders also wanted to suck her toes but prince <laughs> philip can't stand her so if andrew got back with her he's yes. off the payroll oh, so that's right. why they're not together okay but you know who i feel sorry for genuinely his daughters beatrice and eugenie why do you feel sorry for them? because eugenie is literally the patron of an anti-sex traffickers charity oh is she yeah wow and it's just kind of and you know what i mean the sins of the father you know they've done nothing to warrant this someone i saw something on twitter that was like no wonder they've got such shit taste in men but um, oh what are their husbands not nice i don't know enough about this i do know that because they're both one's engaged now one's married yes beatrice is engaged to someone who was engaged to someone and had a child with them oh wow and then basically met beatrice and, and was said like, to his see ya. yeah no see actually he said to his fiance it's time for you to get out of the house yeah he was like bye yeah <laughs> yeah but he did not even have the grace to leave himself he was like time for you to go <laughs> the doorman will help I you with your bags the bag <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah i mean again i read way too much celebrity gossip but it's her, a well-known her fact fiance is quite good looking oh he's very good looking, better looking than he? she is yeah mm. And then with Eugenie and her husband, he is a brand ambassador for Casamigos, which is George Clooney's tequila brand, which is supposedly why Casamigos was served at Meghan and Harry's wedding. Yeah, not surprised. (laughs) It's so funny. It's who you know. Oh, it's absolutely who you know, yeah. (laughs) And imagine like, you know that I was actually a shot girl for Desperados when I was in university, so... Which royal wedding am I going to be at? <laughs> I think you, I think that ship has sailed. 
Yeah, but it's um. I mean, I don't particularly feel sorry for their kids. <laughs> there are other people that I can feel sorry for. Oh no, of course, and that's not to indicate that I'm kind of thinking. Oh, you know who who's the biggest victim of all in all of this? Princess Eugenie and Princess Beatrice. But I, I mean, do it's, think it's unfortunate to have your parents to have your parents being be that disgraceful and yeah. then potential pedophile. But you're you are right. You know the the real victims are all of this are the nameless victims because no there are people... real person involved. Mm-hmm. And this that's is, it. That was how many of those so people died. How many yeah. of those people ended up in situations where, you know, we we see there's a huge uptick in the propensity of drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Oh, yeah, PTSD. PTSD, depression, yeah. mental health issues in people that have been the victims of sexual violence or sexual predation in their youth or early adolescence. How many of those people are, are just dead now? And that is again. Yeah, you can or, say that that's or alive, but like living, living a hard very, life. Yeah, yeah, tough lives. Yeah, it's not as cut and dried. And obviously, there is a certain amount of humor in making fun of Prince Andrew and how badly he came across. However, there's also a very real aspect to all of this where you have to think there are real people involved, as you said earlier on in this episode. Mm. You you are very right to say that, and also. You know, if this maybe encourages you to think about the more mundane aspects of what what sexual violence or sexual coercion looks like, then all the better for it. There was an article that I was reading recently. It wasn't published. It was published in 2018, so still relatively recent, but mm. it was talking about the husband stitch. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So, yeah, I heard about this as well, but that was when you sent me the link. I didn't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was, this was another shocking thing. Like, I, I really live in, like, a See, vacuum. The thing, I, didn't know I will read anything and everything, so I often find that there are things, you know, my husband says to me, what did you get up to today? And I'm just like... <gasps> Have you ever heard of a husband stitch? <laughs> um, but the husband stitch, for those of you who don't know, is if a woman has an episiotomy during childbirth, which is where they make an incision basically from your vagina to your anus to help kind of the birth canal open up. One of my best friends is an OBGYN, and I'm mm. sure that she's going to be like, that's not what that is. But <laughs> for If you have complications when you're giving birth. Exactly, right. And so the idea is that post-childbirth when you are being sewn up again that the doctor will put in what they call an extra stitch to make the vagina tight again except it does not make the vagina tight again it has no effect on the vagina whatsoever because it is happening outside of the vagina and so basically this particular article which we'll also link in the show notes is talking about how male doctors and again we can't say all male doctors but in this particular article the doctors mentioned are male throw in an extra stitch for this sexual satisfaction of the husbands because they want to make it nice and tight i'm so sorry i hope no one's eating when they heard that because that was absolutely vile because what it actually does is have supreme amount or cause a supreme amount of discomfort for the women in question i can imagine yeah it has no no effect whatsoever but it is still a misconception or a conception that people have about childbirth and that that should be the main aim and when we talk about this ambivalence towards women's bodies and the autonomy of their own bodies that is a prime example Mm, and so i spoke to my friend one of my friends who's a doctor who who works within that particular sphere or sector of medicine and I said have you ever encountered this and they said all the time as in they will be in the operating theater when I say all the time what I mean is they will be in the operating theater having delivered a child and as they're sewing up the husband will say do you want to throw in an extra stitch there excuse me I don't need to say this, but that is out of line. And I said, what do you say when that happens? And they said, I will not even, you know, where I am sitting in the operating room, I cannot allow a female patient to think for a second that I would entertain that. So even if you're saying that in a joking tone, I have to say, we would never even consider doing that. And I said, what happens then? And they said, oh, it's usually a very awkward silence. 
good. My God. Imagine having given birth and then hearing your husband say that because he thought it'd be funny. Well, that would never happen to me. <laughs> I have R.I.P. to good, that woman's husband. I have a decent man at home. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, I really... <laughs> I would literally be like, you better say hello and goodbye to that child. I'm just... <laughs> Vile. Women go through a lot. Women go through a lot. Women go through so much. Like, wow. And again, all it takes is a conversation you know this is something that in this particular article that we will link when this woman goes for a checkup the female doctor that she's seeing basically said this shouldn't be like this and the patient cannot stop crying mm. because she has been in so much pain so much discomfort wow it's something to talk about it's something to talk about it is something to widen a discussion on in the same way that everything we've spoken about this evening with regards to Andrew, T.I., R. Kelly. And just the world. And just just the world. It's very important to, um, you know, I think people can look at these things in a media and feel very removed from it because it's always extreme situations. Like, you know, this uh, Prince Andrew situation, it sounds extreme. But in our day-to-day lives, I think we can challenge some of these really sick, outdated perspectives. Absolutely. And... That's why I I say, what is it that people are concerned about? Because I would like to see us getting to a point where, I mean, there's so much going on. Like Harvey Weinstein is about to go on trial mm-hmm. in January. He's trying to make a comeback. <laughs> Draining. I mean... But but what was good about this when he showed up in public the other day is that people were not having it. People were not having They're, it. Shout out to that yeah. female comedian. Yeah, shout out to that. And I and I and that's what I want to see. I want to see that shift in culture. Mm-hmm. Not just like the Me Too and the Times Up hashtags. You know, I think we need to really start living our values. But you know what? You can understand why people don't do it because in this context, for those of you who don't know, Harvey Weinstein showed up at a New York comedy club. People were invited to, you know, to step up, take the mic, whatever. It was an open mic night. I believe a female comedian got up whose name I cannot recall and she basically alluded she was like I'm gonna address the elephant in the room here you know I didn't realize I think the words she used were I didn't realize we had a rapist in our midst which is absolutely what Harvey Weinstein is like disabuse yourself of the notion that his interactions with these actresses up and coming or cultivated were transactional in any way he abused and manipulated and coerced and sexually assaulted them and you know what happened the female comedian was heckled and escorted from the premises Mm. of this particular comedy bar so when things like that happen you have to applaud the fact and you know what i can't even remember her name yeah, but, but do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, and that's not to say, oh, no. But if you can't remember every name that you hear, Phoebe, it's okay. No, I know, but do you know what I mean? It, it is. But it's people like that that push the needle forward. Yes. And 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 that's why I say all of us can take a stand because this is crazy. You know, I feel very sad. Yeah, it's it's complicated. I, you know, there are shades of grey, but what I would say to anyone listening to this is. The shades of grey that you inflict on yourself are not the same standards that you would have other people held to. You know, if you're listening to any of this and you're thinking in relation to yourself, oh, well, but when it was me, it was X, Y, Z, or, well, I had done A, B, C. Picture your friend or your sister or... Mm someone you love and someone that you're close to telling you your own story and ask yourself would you hold them to the same standards would you say that doesn't count because of da 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 there is no one or at least very few people i know that don't have some kind of a story Mm. you know i'm sorry to take this super deep and super dark towards the end of our episode but i know that in particular when the me too movement began the conversations i had with girlfriends and these are very close friends of mine i would just be thinking i never knew that happened to you Mm -hmm. i did not know that and there was such an amazing surge of power when that movement began because people did feel 
perhaps not empowered in its entirety or safe in its entirety to share those stories in a public sense but there was a method of talking about them and there was a real intimacy of sisterhood there I think and perhaps of a of brotherhood as well because obviously men are also victims of the me too movement and there's a a cross section there of you aren't just restricted to talking to other women about things that you might have gone through i don't want to make i don't want to assume that our Mm. audience are all female but remember that you can recapture that at any point and that seems especially important to say in light of this week being international men's day as well you know this idea of manning up or keeping stum or anything like that it's not well i mean you don't move the needle forward without men but also i think the actions like your day-to-day actions and the way you react when you hear these things it's really important because there are victims all around us and sort of if you do look at a pedophile or a sex trafficker and like you think it's funny like you never know someone's story you never know what they've experienced and you make people who've been victims feel like you know they can't speak up Yes. Right. So and I think it's more... important for us to be mindful of our reactions to things and kind mm-hmm. of like not downplaying them. Yes, absolutely. As well, there's an a kind of an important aspect to remember that when you make a joke about that, based on the statistics we said earlier, <laughs> there's a very high chance that someone in that group thinks, "Well, I can't fucking speak to them." Yeah. I don't trust them. Yeah. You know, not that you are then. A sexual predator but more that you are complicit in this yeah i mean mean, and we all are to a certain extent right i'm out here watching dave Chappelle skits so there are so many things to painfully unlearn there are so many things that you just think fuck i just wanted to enjoy that one thing (laughs) you know i was really i really liked that and then i had to realize that that was problematic and now when i watch it i think oh that's really shit actually (laughs) yeah you know and yeah and i think that we're all on that journey of like unlearning stuff i'm interested to see how this if there is any pushback against prince andrew i know a few of his sponsors have like pulled out and don't want to be associated with him i don't think he cares he doesn't seem too bothered about doing the work anyway i just got a text from my husband actually just saying prince andrew has stepped down of of what uh, out of, I mean, I did just say, please text me some more information. I'm, we're recording right now, so that could be really useful. Steps down from what? Step, step from, down from being a prince. <laughs> prince um, he's now just Andy. But from basically public appearances, I believe, or kind of being a patron, which is the thing, the thing that people often say is... Oh, he stepped down from public duties. Well. Well, Jesus. okay, cool. All right. <laughs> did you want to or well, was that I that nobody they, wanted to work with you anymore so you didn't have any public duties left yeah they need to um, hide him away but I do think that one great thing actually that has been largely unproblematic there's mm. been a hiccup or two I don't know if you've watched Big Mouth on Netflix no oh my god it's so funny it is really is, really is this another show with no black people no, it's a cartoon, so... <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, but it is actually... No, it is quite diverse and they've got really good comedians <laughs> on it. But they talk... It's like told from the... It's told from basically a high school kid's perspective. You no, know, I've so not heard of it. I think that your Netflix recommendations and mine are completely different. <sighs> I mean, I watched I some serious shit, yeah. Juliet. So I would imagine that's true. <laughs> like, what it's throwing up for me is probably not what it's throwing up for you. But it is, it's really, really funny. But also, it's just, I watched it with my husband and I was like, what? I Like, I can't even imagine having learned things like this because the whole thing is that they're going through their kind of sexual maturation. And it is incredibly funny. And I was just saying, I can't imagine having learned things like this when i was in my Mm. teens and you know my husband kind of said oh i know i had one sex ed teacher who did teach us things like that i was thinking incredible and you know you just think i'll check it out and see honestly Um, i mean the thing some of it is quite vile 
So I don't know if you'll watch it and think, oh my God, absolutely disgusting because there were some points where I was like, oh, that's absolutely, I do not want to know that that's what teenage boys think like. So. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe not my <laughs> maybe not my cup of tea then because I definitely have no interest in what teenage boys think like. <laughs> and I don't really watch cartoons. It's not my favourite format. So yeah, I think I'm going to pass. <laughs> if anybody else wants to watch and let me know their thoughts, that would be very welcomed. I'm going to pass. Um... <laughs> Uh, you didn't ask me about me, so if oh anyone cares, I'll just. I am so sorry. What I've been up to before we wrap up? Tell quite me, tell a, me quite what you've been up to. A heavy episode. I went to yes, Kent but on the weekend. It. I went to Gusbourne Vineyard, so they make like some of the best sparkling wine in England. I did that, which was pretty cool. Amazing. And yeah, I do recommend it. Uh, whereabouts? You in said Kent. in Kent, but yeah, like, how but much of a journey? I mean, I think it's about two hours drive. Okay. That Kent is, I don't know if you know much about Kent, but there are a few vineyards <sighs> in Kent. Absolutely nothing. Oh, there are a few vineyards there. Okay. Yeah. And um, Kent is the Garden of England. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And But wait, if you drive there, how are you able to enjoy the wine tasting? I didn't drive. Somebody drove. Oh, right. <laughs> God, I was thinking, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did a wine tasting with my husband no, once my friend in Cyprus drove. and he had to drive to get us there because I can't drive. Yeah. And so when we got there, I just did the wine tasting and he had to do the old swish and spit. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like if you're, yeah, if you're the one driving, it's um, it's not fun, but it was so good. Like it was really, really fun. And then me and my friend ended up getting a membership. Oh, amazing. <sighs> yeah, but it's like... <laughs> not cheap post tasting yeah but um no yes yeah, so that was nice so yeah i'm all good we obviously are a little bit late this week with our most recent episode as we mentioned on the instagram we had some technical difficulties hence our delay but we should be getting back on track now from this point onwards you can find us once again on at jules phoebe on instagram please do keep sending us in your questions your comments we really love to hear them and we are available on acast and apple podcast please do rate review and subscribe because that makes all the difference um we know that we've got really great friends listeners tuning in to us at the moment but obviously by rate reviewing uh, rating reviewing and subscribing to us you create an opportunity for for other people to hear our droning on as well <laughs> thank you for listening guys thank you for listening thank Take you care. bye, bye.